Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the fireplace. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. So we are back on the road and that's why we're back at the fireplace again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And y'all, I get y'all. Y'all. I guess apparently since I'm in Texas, I have to say y'all. Yep. I want y'all to know that the wind the last, I mean, I know everybody, especially everybody on the western half of the United States is dealing with some crazy weather. Yeah. In Northern California, where we used to live, they had a foot of snow overnight. They haven't had a foot of snow in like 10 years put together. And they are not prepared for, it's not like, you know, some of the country, they're prepared for that kind of weather. That's not true there. Yeah, so lucky RVers who have a way to, because like everybody has no power and it's crazy. So I don't, I don't feel good complaining, but gosh, my face hurts. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Peggy's allergies are kicking up with these winds and I think I'm obligated to say, yeah, and it's hurting me too. <laughs> there you go. I left, I left it open for oh, that. Oh, <laughs> man. There's a story behind that. But anyway. anyway. Hey, uh, do you like things for free? Doesn't everybody like things for free? Absolutely. And the national parks, believe it or not, they have five days throughout the year where you can get in for free. That's right. The first is in January. It's Martin Luther King Day. Yep. And January already, 16th this well, past year. It was this year. We already missed that one, but get your calendars out because the next four are still possible for you. Yeah. The next one is going to be on April 22nd, which our anniversary. is our anniversary. And it also is Earth Day, and it is also the first day of National Park Week. Absolutely. And the other one, anniversary of the Great American Outdoors Act, which is on August 4th of this year. Right. So you can get into national parks for free on August 4th. Also on September 23rd, which is National Public Lands Day. And lastly, November 11th. Which is Donald's birthday. And also the day that we <laughs> salute all of the veterans who have served this country. Thank you so much for your service to this great land. Absolutely. So November 11th is Veterans Day. And yeah, Donald's birthday too. Right. So we got someone reach out to us and said, hey, you guys talk about ABC Upfitters. And are they really as good as you say they are? Well, first of all, I want people to know that Yes, ABC Upfitters is a sponsor of ours, but they wouldn't be a sponsor and we wouldn't be talking about them if it wasn't a company that we truly believed in. Any advertising or any you know recommendations that we make, we do that based on our actual experience and love of the company. We wouldn't sit here and tell you how much we like someone unless we actually really do correct and we do get companies that reach out to us and say hey how would you like us to be a sponsor of the podcast or the website and it's just not it's not someone yeah, something that we would use or something that we believe in so we don't accept that no but abc upfitters really does do a great job we have seen them put in systems aftermarket and I mean, it's to me, it's a badge of honor to know that companies like Rockwood and River Ranch and other really premium RV companies have sought out ABC Upfitters for their own factory level systems. And know that if you are looking for a system for solar or power for your RV, no matter what style of RV, what ABC Upfitters process is, is to ask you a lot of questions about your style of camping, your specific RV, the places you go, all of that. And then they have engineers who actually put these systems together. As I've often been quoted as saying, it just works. It just works. And it has worked very well for us. We're all in the middle of winter here, <laughs> and yet our system is still performing. So right. very pleased with them and the way they work and what they do 
and the master bolt components, which as I've said before, are used a lot in the marine industry and your, your tolerance for failure out in the middle of the ocean is pretty low. So good stuff from a good company. And if you're solar curious as maybe, <laughs> look up ABC Upfitters. They are a good group of people to work with. Well, you mentioned the free National Parks Day, and we have had quite a few guests over the past couple of months that have talked about national parks and ways to visit and ways to support national parks. And this week is no exception. Our guest this week is another podcaster who we followed for quite some time, an author and much more. So without any further ado, let's hear from Jeremy Puglisi from the RV Family Travel Atlas. Today, we're very excited to be talking to Jeremy Puglisi of the RV Atlas. And uh, we'll talk about a lot of things, but especially their fourth book that Jeremy and Stephanie have written. Jeremy, thank you for hanging out with us for a little bit today. Thank you so much for having me. I was just listening to your podcast on a walk this morning at my, at my local park and listening to you talk about how much you like your solar setup. So oh, yeah. I, I love the whole stressless concept and the whole the whole brand and I'm super thankful to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to finally meet you after we've been listening to your podcast and following you for some time now. Yeah. Yes, it's been, it's the podcast is almost 10 years old, believe it or not. So we're wow. about to start our, our ninth year of podcasting. And then I mentioned to Stephanie the other day that we'll have our 10th anniversary about a year from now. And her, her jaw kind of dropped. Like, I think she had just lost track of, <laughs> of how long we've been, we've been doing it. I think we've recorded over a thousand episodes at this point. Wow. Uh, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Those anniversaries. Right. So. <laughs> they do. But the reason we wanted to have you is you have a new book that's on the presses now, I believe, right? Can't say hot off the press yet, but not uh, off. It's still it's, on. It's on the press. <laughs> hot on the press. I think they're churning them out right now. All right. So yeah. we've been for the last few weeks. You know, we've had a few different topics about national parks. We had the calendar and the work campers and the volunteers. So now we're gonna do a little more digging into the whole national park life. The new book is part of Where Should We Camp Next, the series, and is the National Parks Guide. Yeah, we're super excited about it. It comes out April 4th. It's the second Where Should We Camp Next book. Um, the, the first one did well enough that we kind of just had the idea to see if our publisher would want to turn it into a series, and they immediately jumped. Where Should We Camp Next National Park seemed like an obvious uh, second entry in the series. And we have reviews in the book for both campgrounds inside the parks and outside the parks, depending on the on the park. So I'm super, super excited about this book. I think it's the best one we've done yet. And I'm just filled with gratitude for our national parks. They've, they've changed our lives as a family, no doubt about it. So we've said a few times four books. So briefly, just before we really dig into this one, you have four books. One is The Idiot's Guide to RV Vacations. And one is See You at the Campground. Will you briefly just kind of overview those for us? For sure. So the Idiot's Guide to RV Vacations was the, the first book we did, which I think about 10 years ago at this point. And that was how we sort of broke into to book publishing. And, you know, with book publishing, like for me, I always hope to sell enough books that I can write another book. And so that happened. That first book did well enough that we got an agent and we got, uh, you know, a publisher that we really wanted to work with. And that book had like 30 different RV vacations around the country, sort of, you know, the major obvious ones like a Route 66 trip, Acadia National Park. And we recommended campgrounds and food and activities and all those things. And then See You at the Campground was our second book. And that one is kind of more personal. It's got more of our family stories, but then it also has a lot of the the tips and tricks for families that are, are trying to break into RVing for the first time. Because as you guys know, there's, there's such a steep learning curve. So that's, I think my, I often say my favorite book among our books, because it sort of codifies our family stories. And it has a lot of our great memories that, that I hope my kids will read the book one day and my <laughs> grandkids will read the book. And then the third book was Where Should We Camp Next? And that's a 50 state guide 
to the best campgrounds in the country, which is obviously a very challenging task, right? <laughs> you know, in the reviews, oh, how did you leave this one out? Or why did you include that one? Yeah. It's sort, sort of our, our personal favorites. And there was over 300 campground reviews in that. And so then there's the campground reviews, but then there's like sidebars with tips and tricks and recommended hikes and all all of that stuff to sort of help you, you know, inspire you to plan your own trip. And then the book that's about to come out is Where Should We Camp Next National Parks. And I think one of the major goals with that book was to not only highlight the major national parks like Yellowstone and Yosemite and Zion, where everybody wants to go, Uh but also um, present people with lots of other options and opportunities and to kind of force people to rethink what it means to go on a national park camping trip. And we're using the term national park very loosely there because we're also talking about national seashores, national lakeshores, national monuments, places like Mount Rushmore and Gettysburg. There's a lot of those places that have different designations. They're not technically national parks, but they really make for amazing national park unit vacations, right? Yeah. It should be called, it should be called where should we camp next national park units <laughs> and, uh, that doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. Yeah. So, you know, you guys are aware there's overcrowding in a lot of national parks and so many people bought RVs in the last three years mm-hmm. over the course of COVID. It just exploded. And a lot of those people bought their RVs and said, we want to go to Yellowstone. Yeah. (laughs) We want to go to Zion. You know, everyone wanted to just like tackle the top of their bucket list right away. You know, COVID made people want to do that. And I get it. You know, I'm not telling anybody not to go to Yellowstone or Yosemite, but um, the reality is they're crowded, you know, and they're, they're particularly crowded in the summer when most families can actually get there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm proud of that aspect of this book that, like you could plan a lifetime of national park unit camping trips, you know, <laughs> yeah, like Gettysburg has amazing. There's no campgrounds in Gettysburg. There's actually maybe like a group campground for Boy Scouts, uh-huh. but there's tons of great campgrounds right outside of Gettysburg. So yeah. there's a real camping culture around Gettysburg. So we highlight all of those places, too, that maybe not everybody was thinking of or thinks of right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. that's as you said, it's like the main hit parade i guess of man that dates me the main <laughs> grouping of national parks everyone goes as you said i want to go to yellowstone and i want to go to zion and there's so much more to see and the more we get into them the more it's like i don't feel like i'm missing anything so any good surprises that i and obviously buy the book because that'll give you the whole story but <laughs> it's not so much that these are undiscovered national parks and this might be shocking to experienced RVers like you guys but there's a lot of people that don't know where sleeping bear dunes national lakeshore is right Ah. uh there's a lot of people that don't consider heading there to michigan for an amazing national parks vacation or to indiana dunes now national park so we want people to rethink the national park trip it's not just that iconic trip out west but it could also be an amazing national parks trip to the Midwest. The East Coast, or the if you take the whole eastern seaboard, you know, everybody knows Acadia, or they should. Right. And everybody knows Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And we don't have, we have Shenandoah, but we don't really have that many national parks. I'm from the East, right? I'm from New Jersey. We do not have a lot of national parks, but we have tons of national park units. In my state, you you can tent camp at Gateway National Recreation Area at Sandy Hook and walk to the beach. Yeah. There's campgrounds around New York's Liberty Harbor. There's options for camping and glamping. Oh. So you could spend your life exploring and camping around national park units in the east. Most, most people don't think of that. So the, I think the book is not necessarily filled with surprises about what those national park units are. But I think that people will be surprised at how many camping options there are in and around them right yeah so you can still even see some of the national parks without being in them with your rv or or tent as it were yeah i mean the whole like the one thing that's been fascinating for us is we've we've traveled by rv over the last 12 years and we also rent cabins and we glamp and we tent camp and we kind of do all of it we're not super didactic that way is that there's there's the culture of camping within the national parks you know at the national park service campgrounds 
which often don't have hookups of any kind, which often really favor tent camping over RV ownership, particularly mm-hmm. if you have a particularly if you have a larger RV. Yeah. And th- but then there's a whole separate culture of camping outside of the national parks. And, you know, like KOA, for instance, is so great at pretty much you name a national park and there's a good KOA <laughs> outside of it. Uh, or there's eight good KOAs outside of it, <laughs> if, you're yeah. ta- if you're talking about the Smokies or something. And, and so, you know, for a lot of people, they think about national park trips and they think about camping in the park at those beautiful, stunning places like inside Glacier that also happen to cost 20 or 30 bucks a night. But let me tell you, there are incredibly beautiful campgrounds outside of the parks that can accommodate somebody with a 40 foot fifth wheel, right? right? So there's the inside the park and the outside the park. And over the years, we've kind of kept our RVs small enough. And I know that you guys have a smaller RV, probably mm-hmm. for very similar reasons. <laughs> we have always tried to keep our RVs small enough that we can camp inside the parks as well. I've never owned anything bigger than a 33 foot RV. And that's as big as I'd ever want. Because I know from experience, you start to really limit the number of places you can camp inside the parks. Yeah. Not to jump on that tangent, although it's something that I'm very passionate about is I like having a smaller rig because we can also, as we've done many times, mooch in people's driveways. Yeah. And so there's, there's plenty of advantages, but we also don't have a lot of kids. So. Camping in the national parks is just a good side bonus to right. being able to mooch dock in our sister's driveways. <laughs> you just both pointed out the central tension in my entire life as an RVer. I am a tiny trailer fan. I'm a tiny trailer lover. Everything is this, the, the category of like sub 20 foot travel trailers. It's creative. It's quirky. It's interesting, but I just happen to have three kids. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 look, I go buy an A-liner tomorrow, you know, <laughs> once they're in college, I'll go buy a 16 foot RV the day they're gone. But, um, since we have the three kids, we, you know, we end up in 30 foot, 32 foot RVs with, with bunks. But then what we've done over the years, too, is is sometimes we'll just tent camp inside a national park or we'll, we'll get a cabin at like a national park concessionaire. Like we did that in Grand Teton National Park. We mm-hmm. flew into Jackson Hole and we stayed at a cabin right inside Grand Teton because we didn't have the time to tow the RV out. And right. It is a bit a bit harder if, if you have a bigger RV. So opening yourself up to different types of tent camping experience or or different types of camping experiences, I think is pretty cool too. You know, I think sometimes RVers really fall into, you know, I don't want to call it a trap, but fall into a pattern of like, I own an RV, so I must take it everywhere I go. Right. Right. And and we've, you know, Stephanie broke me of that many years ago because I wanted to go to Olympic National Park, but we live in New Jersey. And she's like, I am not towing with these three boys and our dog in the backseat of a pickup truck (laughs) across the entire country. And plus, by the time we get there, we're going to have to turn around and come home. Yeah. Because I got to get back to work. We don't have that kind of time on our hands uh, as as parents with younger kids. So we quickly started saying, you know what? We want to go to Olympic. We own an RV, but it's really far away. So let's fly in and tent camp. Let's fly in and rent an RV. Let's fly in and glamp it under canvas. You know, there's this whole world of other experiences out there as well. Yeah. And that's, I guess, the rut you can get stuck in is I have to tow my RV there. Another way to like look at these parks, you may have particular interests or passions, like it could be history or hiking or bicycling or or whatever. Is there a provision in the book about, seeking out parks by types of activity? Well, each of the chapters has the sidebars, which are really like our our readers really love the sidebars. They're a major part of the book. And it it just depends on the park, right? Like I think of Glacier as a hiking park. To me, Glacier National Park, the predominant activity that you want to do when you go to Glacier is to hike. Going to the Sun Road is amazing, but there's not necessarily a lot of other driving or touring that you're going to do besides that if you want to see the most iconic places you need to strap on your hiking boots and go so for for somewhere like glacier the sidebar would be like our 10 favorite hikes in glacier now when i think of yellowstone while there's plenty of great hiking in yellowstone i think of yellowstone as a driving and touring park that really can be seen by car 
Uh, so if you don't want to hike and you just want to, you know, park and walk a, a little ways, you can see Old Faithful. You can see a lot of Grand Prismatic Springs. All those spots are really close to the to the loop roads. Or in Glacier, you want to see Grinnell Glacier, man. You're hiking for eight hours. <laughs> so, so the things that we highlight in the parks. Again, it's it's not like we had this strict format. We more let the park speak for itself. You know, what what is that park good for? What is it what is it known for? Somewhere like Olympic National Park is so incredibly diverse. You've got rainforests, you've got gorgeous Pacific Ocean beaches, uh, you've got incredibly crystal clear, you know, beautiful crystal clear lakes. So there it's a, a diversity of experiences. Each park has, um, we recommend different things really based on like what that park is good at, not not to necessarily rank them, but. Yeah, right, but that's you can, great. Yeah. You, you can then use the sidebars or just the information and choose by the type of activity you like or the, the things you want to do rather than just proximity because i think that's how a lot of people (laughs) choose where to go is it's like well i can get there this weekend yeah you know i think a lot of rvers not full-time rvers um not 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 people that are like retired and living their living in their rvs which i kind of aspire to do maybe at some point i think a lot of rvers start to draw a tight circle in terms of where they're they're willing to go just based on the price of gas and towing and all of those things. And, you know, we've, we've tried to really break past that. And just, if if we want to go to the West coast, we're going to go to the West coast, even if it means hopping on a plane. Well, and conversely, if you know you want to go to a specific place, but you don't know why, that's what's good about your sidebars and stuff is now I can know what I'm what to expect when I do get to go to that park. My favorite thing about what we do is hearing people you know, write us an email or, or put a, you know, send us a message on Facebook, say, hey, I did that hike you recommended. It was awesome. I'm always going to remember that hike. So it's just like the books are like a version of having that friend who sits around the campfire and just won't shut up about recommendations. <laughs> well, and it's like having, a, it's be. having like a lot of different friends because, you know, it's like having a hiking friend, a parent friend, a camp, a tent friend, a small trailer friend. Right. Because you kind of cover all those different aspects, depending on, you know, which ones the park is good for. It's not just one person saying this is where you should tent or this is where you should take a small child. It's kind of all those things. I really like that point. And I I think that like that's kind of our superpower. You know, we do a lot of different things just well enough to get into into trouble and get out there and do it. You know, we're we're not amazing at kayaking, but, you know, we'll go kayaking in Acadia. You know, we'll push ourselves and hike all day in Glacier, but we've never gone on a, you know, three-night overnight backpacking trip. You know, we're we're just willing to try enough different things and camp at enough different places that we can write these books that are appealing to newbies. You know, a lot of RVers settle into like, oh, we're state park campers or oh, right. we're KOA campers, you know, based on the size of their RV, what their budget is. You know, we've always tried to do a bit of everything. Yeah. Well, and the other nice thing is having a reference guide like your book, you can, you know, I sometimes I feel I go places and then a month later, we're sitting around the campfire with people and they're like, oh, did you see yeah, such and such? Yeah, did you do this part of that place? And it's place? like, it. No, <laughs> I didn't know that was there. And part of that is a lot of times because we didn't know to spend enough time there. So we said, oh, we're going to go to this place to do this one thing. And then a month later, we find out there were four things. We should have stayed a lot longer and done all the things. I've always said that like your second trip to a national park is often your best trip. Right. Because you hit all those things your friends told you you missed. Yeah. You revisit your favorites and then you leave out some of the stuff you didn't care too much about. That's brilliant. Great idea. Yeah. And that's just another, I would imagine that's another thing that is covered in your book, which is <laughs> where should we camp next? The national parks version. Yeah. I mean, we definitely try to point out like, this is the hike you want to do on your first trip. This is something you might save for the second trip. So we do also think the book works for people that are returning to one of these parks as well. Excellent. Now, your book probably also covers hidden gems and things that might go unnoticed or recommendations as well. And do you crowdsource from your audience? Because you've been doing this for so long. You have a huge audience. Oh, 100%. Sometimes I go into the RV Atlas group on Facebook when I'm writing the book and I'll be like, hey, is there any really amazing place to eat around Mount Rushmore that we may have missed? And and sometimes we'll get tips that way for sure. And also we have correspondents that have been coming on our podcast 
for eight or nine years. And sometimes they'll recommend something amazing that we missed or that then we'll go to on our, our next trip. So, uh, I mean, we're certainly kind of like tapping into the hive mind of our, of our audience as well. Absolutely. Cause they have so many great tips too. The book comes out in April and will be on all the usual places, Amazon and, and such. When will you be able to reserve a copy? So you can pre-order on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com, any, any of those online vendors, you can reserve a copy right now or pre-order a copy right now. Okay. And then it'll be in bookstores across the country on April 4th. If you want to order it on like Kindle, you'll get it right away on April 4th. <laughs> Our publisher does a great job. The books really do make it into a lot of independent bookstores. If you don't like to shop from Amazon, um, you could certainly go into your local independent bookstore and any of them will will order it if they're not going to get it already. And we, we certainly appreciate that support too. Right. Absolutely. So one of the questions that we ask our guests then, and having listened to our podcast before, you you probably you won't be so surprised. This, but <laughs> as somebody who goes camping a lot, do you have a favorite camping memory? Oh my gosh, a single favorite <laughs> camping memory. That is a really tough question to narrow it down. So one that pops to mind with the caveat that it might not be like all-time favorite. My all-time favorite park is Olympic. So okay. Olympic National Park was my my favorite national park because of that, that combination of the mountains and the ocean, which I also love about Acadia. I'm, I'm an ocean guy. The first morning we got it, we got in really late to the campground at Olympic and it was dark. And the first morning we woke up and we went and hiked Hurricane Ridge, which is a famous hike where you feel like you're above the clouds. And you're, you feel like you're above the snow-capped mountains, looking down on snow-capped mountains, looking down on the clouds. It, it's a magical, otherworldly hike that feels like it's an amazing adventure, but yet it's only maybe three miles uh, round trip, not, not super dangerous or anything like that, a really good family-friendly hike. And that just, I just instantly fell in love with Olympic national park and i was doing a lot of photography then so i took a lot of pictures on that hike and those are some of my literally some of my favorite pictures of my children on that hike so that certainly jumps to mind as a favorite memory and then conversely do you have a, a least favorite or worst camping memory we i tell people all the time we have never had a bad camping trip the only trip that that kind of came close and and this was still a great trip <laughs> but just not as good as the others. We went to Nova Scotia and the first half of the trip was amazing. But then we went to um, one of their provincial parks and the mosquitoes were so bad. We had to pack up and leave early. So we headed back into Maine and we went to a great campground called Sandy Pines, Maine. And then four of the five of us got sick. Only one of my <laughs> sons managed not to get sick. So four of us were lying in bed, just knocked out sick for two days. Oh, oh man. But, but it was still a good trip. It's still camping. Yeah, it's, it's still good. Camping. It's good when the worst memory is, well, there was this bad part of this really great trip. That's the yeah. great, that's the best, worst memory ever. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, if somebody could have told me in advance, hey, you're going to be sick for three days of this eight-day trip, I'd still go. Yeah. yeah, right? It's still camping. Any final thoughts that you have for our audience? And, of course, we recommend getting that and all of your books. You know, I like I like your theme, and I like what, what you're doing with Stressless Camping. And it's actually been something that's been on my mind a lot. Like, we usually take a little break in the winter, and then, you know, camping season starts again in the spring. And so every winter I, I, I spend some, and we do winter camp a little bit, but every winter I just kind of spend time thinking about like what I want my next season of camping to look like. And like, I'm a gadget guy and I love <laughs> all that stuff. And I love testing out equipment and I love solar and I love all that stuff. But I've also learned over the years that RVers, as RVers, we tend to overcomplicate things. Cause you can keep adding and getting this and getting that and this new gadget and this new gear. And what I've learned over 12 years of doing this is that at a certain point, and it's hard to pin down when that point is at a certain point, it starts to detract from a simple, fun, 
camping experience. And I want, that's what I want this year. I want simple, fun camping experiences with my kids. I don't want to be worried about my RV. The best types of RV trips are when you're not thinking about your RV at all. And when you almost forget you're in an RV, right? It's just, right. it's just there that you're just sleeping in it and eating in it. And you're not, you know, I want, I want to go on those trips where I'm just not worried about a single aspect of, of it. You know, I do my maintenance, I do all that stuff. And then I want that all to sort of disappear when I'm on the road and um, just really focus on the memories with the kids, time together with my wife and, you know, pretty simple, straightforward camping experience. And I'm actually going to be tent camping a few times this year too. It's kind of been a while, <laughs> but in, in, uh, like, I think, you know, like I'm 47 and for my midlife crisis, I'm not going <laughs> to get a big, mo- get, get big motor home or get a sports car. I'm actually saving my money right now for a tent that caught co- like a canvas tent that costs over a thousand dollars called the spring bar tent. Ah. I'm clearing out some of my old camping gear, saving up some money and getting a tent too. We'll be, we'll be doing plenty of RVing this year, but I, I feel drawn to tent camping again a little bit and the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, You'll find me out there at least a few times this year. So to, to your listeners, you know, uh, keep it simple, relax, have fun, you know, uh, enjoy, enjoy yourself. If something does go wrong with the RV, take a deep breath, have a sense of humor. You know, I mean, I, I just know too many people that go on trips and spend the whole time worrying about this or that or this problem. Take it all in, in stride and enjoy being out there with your friends and family. Well, that's, that that's is brilliant great. advice. Yes. Oh, thank you very much, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. That's that's something definitely to take to heart. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. And you guys are going to have to come on our podcast at some point. So. Oh, we'd, oh, we'd love we'd that. We'd be honored. I will, we to. will definitely, we will definitely make that happen. So I'll catch up with you about that soon. I really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much. Yeah, can't get. Thank you. Can't wait to get my hands on the book. Yeah. Yes, and good and good luck with your show. I mean, we're like a couple hundred episodes in, right? Yeah, we're. This uh, is- yeah, we're actually episode two hundred. We will record probably on Tony's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, con- well, congratulations on the on the two hundred episodes and on the birthday. And I love podcasting. I can tell you guys too. It's lots of fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I do too. I've enjoyed both listening and recording. Both sides of the equation make me happy. Yep. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll meet you guys in person, too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah that awesome. would be great as we wander this wonderful country. Yep. Yeah, when you're on the East Coast, let me know. Oh, we absolutely will. Yeah. That'll probably be a couple of years now. Maybe next. We don't really yeah. have next year figured out. This, this year is already booked, but... Yeah, this year is <laughs> well, all over booked. the South. Not really booked, just penciled in on the calendar. <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. New England in the summer is heaven. And there's so much, there's great RVing in all of the states in New England. Yeah, right. and we can meet. There's so many cool people we know up there. Of course, you and Bob Zagami and John yeah, DiPietro yeah. And, and just, and of course, Janine Pettit. Right. And on and on and on. Janine's in New Jersey. She's, yeah. yeah. You know, she's uh, not, not far from us. It's, uh, and a lot of people don't think of New Jersey as being like a major center for RV culture, but it, it, actually, <laughs> it actually is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's where the, the heart of the girl campers are. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or the core, I guess. <laughs> for sure. Thank you guys so much. So much appreciated that you let me come on and talk about the book. Oh, it was a real pleasure meeting you here virtually, and hopefully our paths cross in the real world. Yeah. And thank yes. you. Thank you for spending time with us and telling us about it and giving us all the hints that you did today. Yeah. Good stuff. And enjoy that awesome new 20 foot Rockwood. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, have we ever. Yep. <laughs> all right. Thank you. So as we have said, we are back on the road again. Our big destination, main destination is Perry, Georgia for the FMCA convention. If you're curious about the FMCA convention in Perry, Georgia, hit us up. We've got some free passes. We have got some free passes. And Tony and I have never been to the southern states, really. So we're taking advantage of this opportunity to go to Georgia and we'll tour some of the other southern states. And so we'll be giving you some information, Tennessee and Kentucky before Georgia. Yep. And then... Louisiana, Louisiana, Lamba, <laughs> Louisiana <laughs> and Alabama. Yeah. Afterward. Yeah, we're going to put a lot of stickers on the door of That's our RV. That's right. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. But right now we are coming to you from Amarillo, Texas, which is our first stop on our trip east. That's right. <laughs> East. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I have been, of course, as always, using the RV Trip Wizard to plan the trip. And 
really the farther east we go and the more into uncharted territory for us, the more important it's going to be for us to remember to check out the RV Life app, which I download the RV Trip Wizard trip that I planned online, and it tells me the RV Safe route on the RV Safe GPS on the app, the RV Life app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said RV too many times there. Absolutely. I, I don't know you can ever say RV too many times. <laughs> that RV Life app is really, really handy for making sure that we stay on a safe route. You know, we try to go sort of the back routes and not just stay on the interstate so that we can see more cool stuff. But we also don't want to end up in a place where we shouldn't be with an RV. So having RV Safe GPS is going to, as I said, help us more and more as we get into places that we've never been. Yeah, it's a great system. Of course, last week we talked to Terry Broussard from Spot Tonight, who is doing some integrations with RV Life. But we also mentioned that we have a nice discount to RV Life, 25%, but even better, RV Life has worked with us and they have a free trial so you can give it the full workout for your own style and travels see what you think and of course all of that discount is in the discounts and deals sections of the stressless camping website indeed well we're in texas we're in texas y'all we're in amarillo and you know one of these days maybe the next time through we'll spend more than just one night Maybe. Because basically what we do is come to Amarillo, eat look, a steak. <laughs> look at the Cadillac Ranch. <laughs> look at the Cadillac Ranch and then leave. Yeah. So <laughs> we actually, this is cool. Last time we were through, we were just transporting the mini light and we stayed in the hotel that's attached, or motel, I guess, that's attached to the big Texan steakhouse. And it was pretty neat. It was nicely decorated and yeah. it's a vintage motel, but it's also very well taken care of and we liked it. This time we're actually camping because our Rockwood Mini Light is no longer winterized and right. more on that later. So we are at the Big Texan Steak Ranch RV Park. Yeah. And of course we I had thought... to go get a Big Texan Steak. Yeah, of course we had to get a Big Texan Steak. So I thought when, we made, when I made the reservation that it was like walking distance, like right next door. Well, it's about a mile from the steakhouse, so I thought, oh, that means even if we're level, we have to unhook for one night just so we can drive back over and get a steak. Well, guess what? They have a free limo, and that limo, the cool thing is, it's got big steer horns out at the end of the hood. Exactly. So we got to have a limo ride, a steer horn limo ride <laughs> to the Big Texan Steakhouse and where we had our steak dinner. If you, yeah, if you stay here, there's no charge for the limo and right. it's a work camper. So if you're looking for work camping, yeah. maybe that's, you know, you could drive the steer horn limo for the Big Texan Apparently RV it's not always the limo. Sometimes it's a shuttle, kind of a shuttle bus, but right. he said there were some problems with the shuttle bus. So we were lucky enough to get to ride in the limo. Yep, and of course we had to have a steak. And the Big Texan is that place where if you can polish off a 72 ounce steak. And a baked potato. And a shrimp cocktail. And a salad. And an a dinner roll. Oh yeah, and a dinner <laughs> roll within an hour. Why, it's absolutely free. But yeah. if you can't... It's like $72. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so we were there, you know, we stop there every time we pass through. And last time we got there, just as a gentleman had 10 minutes left and could not finish his dinner. No, this time there were four gents from Turkey. That's right. And they were just embarking on their steak-eating journey. These are some young gents. And so, you know, we wish them good luck. And yeah, I hope they made it. <laughs> we'll put a picture. <laughs> on the website they were you know it's a it's a big steak who knows what'll happen but we have never been disappointed with a meal at the big texan steakhouse and the rv park is fairly simple it's hookups and level sites and all of that what we've learned this year 
in the winter time when we start a journey, we have to start at a campground because we have to de-winterize. <laughs> and this is something we've never had to do before. Yeah, in the past, we never really winterized. We may have drained the water from our trailer, but we never truly winterized. Right. Well, we're having to do that now because it's been sometimes in the teens yes. back at our homestead. And I have to, <laughs> have to rat myself out. So being a dork, <laughs> I thought, hey, Tony, on most RVs, there are these things called low point drains. So it's the lowest point in the plumbing system of your RV. Coming out of the factory, they're just basically nuts that go on the end of these PEX pipes. So you take the nuts off, the water all drains out, all is good. Well, I had to go to the hardware store and get valves. I'm like, well, if I have to take the nuts on and off, why don't I just put valves Right, that's there. easier than trying to get the nuts on and off. And nuts or caps or whatever. And those things aren't yeah, big. They're, they're about maybe, you know, about big around as a quarter and maybe three quarters of an inch, like, tall. Yeah, okay. So there's something that we could lose if we didn't try oh, very easily. hard not to lose. And, I mean, what's better than you get underneath the trailer, you turn the valve, bing, bang, boom, the water comes out or the yeah. water stops coming out. Well, the water was supposed to stop coming out. <laughs> I got a shower. Yeah, so here's what we learned. We are ratting Tony out yeah. because we want to make sure that this doesn't have to happen to you. When we took those caps off, those original caps, there were these things called cone washers. You may already know that, but they're yes. sort of cone-shaped, but, you know, also donut-shaped because they go all the way through. They're not a solid Cone. Yeah, it's a but it's called like a cone a washer. It's a nylon washer. That washer needs to be in, even if you put a new valve in there. It yeah. was it's it, it was in with the cap, but we didn't know to put it in the valve that we replaced the cap with. And so when we actually finally dewinterized and started running water, that low point thing was just dripping and dripping. No, it was more spraying. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the benefit of the spray. Yeah, but because we didn't realize that we had to use those cone washers. So that is our maintenance tip for the week is if you're going to use those caps or take those caps off and drain your low point drain, don't lose the cone washers either. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're going to replace the caps, you still need to put those cone washers yeah, in Yeah, some there. of you out there who are good with plumbing you're probably are saying, like probably well, screaming at your podcast, whatever. <laughs> program right now like you dummy but yeah plumbing is not my strong suit unless leaks are something you're looking for in which case i'm <laughs> your plumber if you need some plumbing to leak give us a call yeah, we I'm will the dude. help you out <laughs> yeah. so yeah putting valves on was a good idea friends of ours recommended different valves than what we bought it's all good we got it all fixed i got pretty darn wet i don't know <laughs> if other people in the campground were looking at me but I hope they got a good laugh. <laughs> Look at that dude under the trailer getting a shower. <laughs> so we'll put a couple links to some valves that you might want to try if you decide that you're going to replace the caps. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now at least we're going to be much better versed at winterizing and yes. subsequently dewinterizing. De Absolutely. an RV that you would like to tell us about this week? I am so excited about this thing. It is the Toro Bravo Silver Spear. It was a project from two Art Center College of Design students. An Art Center is probably the leading or one of the leading colleges. If you want to go and be a car designer, a vehicle designer now, that's a darn good place to go. I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but back when I was a teenager, I thought maybe I do want to be a car designer and that <laughs> is where I wanted to go uh, until my grades didn't quite support Oops. that. Oops. <laughs> and I didn't want to move to Detroit, which is where you had to move in those days. But anyway, these two Art Center design students have created this RV that's sort of like a box truck. You start with, and this is one of the cool things, Ford, Chevy, or Ram, one ton single rear wheel chassis. And then they put the motorhome portion on the back, but 
it's sort of a toy hauler. So there's a ramp that flips down in the back and all these tracks inside here. And you can install bunk beds, overhead cabinets, but also tool management systems, working specific systems. So this rig, five days a week or however many days you work, you can get this Toro Bravo Silver Spear and have all these pieces in it to support whatever your work is, right? Uh -huh. So you've got, you know, like let's say a slat wall or, or whatever that happens to be, a big tool chest, all of that. Those five days a week, you've now got this great four-wheel drive. It's got giant tires and four-wheel drive. And it's like I said, it's a one-ton single rear wheel chassis. So you've got this very capable off-road vehicle with 810 amp hours of lithium and solar and all of that. So we've got this great powerhouse rig for work, but then come weekends, you just pop that stuff out of the tracks, pop in bunks or whatever, and you can even bring some ATVs, snowmobiles, bicycles, because there's a ramp on the back, so you could roll up the things you need and take them camping, or you can also, there's an L shape to this ramp, and it makes a patio. Jeez. It's, yeah, they have really come up with something very different, but here's the thing, and I have said before, do not take tax advice from Tony. <laughs> but because this can be a work vehicle and a play vehicle, mm. depending on your taxes and all of that, it may be that you can write the doggone thing off. So hmm. there you go. It could be a now it's thing is about two hundred thousand. They don't, haven't set the final price yet, but it's about two hundred to two twenty, which is the same price as some of these B vans. But then you have a much more capable four wheel drive. You have this very flexible RV. It does have a bathroom, by the way, and it you can either have a composting or a cartridge toilet. It's a wet bath. Okay. And you just bring stuff in and out as you need it. And I'm just really excited about this rig. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Toro Bravo does over time. You can find that with all the other RVs that we review, including we found a nifty fifth wheel from the 70s that hooks to the <laughs> roof of your car. Yeah. And there's a full story there. Stressescamping.com. Click on RV Reviews. So last week we had, as we always do, a question of the week. Indeed, on our fun and friendly Stresses Camping podcast Facebook group. That's right. And last week I asked, do you decorate your site? And I said, you know, obviously that means you need to show me pictures. Yeah. I didn't get a lot of pictures. No. First, I want to just say thank you, Brenna, even though I didn't really ask your permission ahead of time. <laughs> but thank you for letting me share Queenie and her beautiful campsite. Yeah, Brenna does an A-plus job of decorating her campsite. Absolutely. A lot of people that said they don't decorate, it's because of you know, sudden wind or sudden rain and not wanting to have a bunch of stuff out that's going to get ruined or you have to rush around and undecorate everything <laughs> all of a sudden. And Cindy also pointed out that if it rained, then you'd have a bunch of wet stuff thrown in your trailer that you have to ride home with. So that is a really good point that I hadn't really considered because you know, we're from California and never rain there. We're not from California anymore. Well, we were from California. I thought that's what I said. Anyway, in California, it hardly ever rains, so we didn't have to apparently worry it about snows. it. Although, yeah, apparently it snows. So we do have people who put out rugs and garden flags. Bill, I like Bill's answer. He said, I don't really decorate unless you consider a folding rocking chair and a portable grill counting as decoration. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> Sharon said they do simple things like a welcome sign and solar lights with their rug and doormat. Everything can go in the back of the truck if it gets wet. Marilyn always has a pot of fresh flowers, which is lovely. <laughs> Lori says, lucky for my husband, we don't have a bunch of weight-wise leeway. 
So I would totally glamp the outside and the inside if I could. <laughs> it's interesting because this week, I believe, was Modernism Week in yes. uh, Palm Springs. And talk about decorating. Ooh la la. So that was the point that Reverend Scott actually made. He said, vintage trailer gatherings have an open house day. So yeah, you decorate because folks judge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we used to have with the aristocrat. We had a vintage Coleman cooler and a few other period correct as it were, things that went along with it. Yeah. So some people only decorate if they're going to stay for some amount of time. For some people, it's a long weekend. For some people, it's a week. I get that because yeah. we do very little if we're only staying for one night. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't even... Like we don't even unhook if we can help. Yeah. Right now we are sitting in our trailer hooked to the truck. So there you go. And Tom said they just use an area rug outside the camper with a couple of Walmart zero gravity chairs and sometimes they do hanging lights, but they're really not into the outside decorations because they like to enjoy what nature already put there. Well, that's which is a, a great very valid sentiment. Point. Yeah, for sure. So thank you all for answering those questions. I was kind of hoping for, well, I want to say inspiration, but I'm just going to be honest. I'm not that good at doing that kind of stuff. So even though you would have given me great things to look at, I probably wouldn't have <laughs> done well, a now, lot of them. <laughs> here's a threat. We had talked about doing a gathering in Quartzsite. Perhaps decoration That's might be. That's true. We may have a trailer maybe tour we'll or RV to, tour. So. A tour, yeah. Maybe not even judging, but just a tour. And then that's always fun to like get to see how other people decorate inside and outside. Yeah. What is our question of the week this week? This week, we would like to know, are you traveling more this year or are you traveling less this year? Ooh, that's a good one. And you can answer that at our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. And did you know that also that we do a once a week newsletter? Wow, is it free? It is free. How oh did you know? Oh my gosh. We have links to stories and videos and podcasts that will help you get the most out of your RV experience. Yep, just visit our website and you can sign up and do know that we would never share your information. I'm too lazy. I only send one email <laughs> a week. Period. End of story. And that's the fact, that's Jack. That's right. And while you're on the websites, you can find show notes for this episode. Number 192. On the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com. While you're on the website at stresslesscamping.com, also don't forget our deals and discounts page for the best deals on things you need for your stressless camping adventure. And if you've got a great deal for audience, let us know. We are always looking out for you. And remember that we will only work with businesses that we believe in. Yeah, we have to really believe in what you're doing to share it with the people who have taken the time to listen to us, which we sincerely appreciate. We do indeed. And then when you're all done at stresslesscamping.com and you haven't had enough of us and you want to visit us on the social places, <laughs> there are links at the top right of every page and you can jump off to Facebook and Instagram and all those places to see us some more. And of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it is free, free, free to subscribe on any podcast app. We are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Or fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no fires right now where we are. Right. As always, a reminder that a review will help others find this podcast. And more listeners means more great guests. Yeah. And we'd like to reach out and thank Wildcat Buckeye for a five-star review. Thank Andy. you so much. Well, with that, we are headed east so we wish you all safe and happy travels we sincerely appreciate your being here with us and most of all happy, happy camping. camping we hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure we're honored by your reviews on apple podcasts which helps others find us too don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure and we look forward to your joining us next week until then Happy camping! Which is National Park, nope, which is National Public Lands Day.